point out to people who think that one and done uh, has caused a lot of evils in college basketball or that it's been bad for college basketball, that before the one and done, there was none and done. So is college basketball better off with DeAndre Ayton and Marvin Bagley being at Duke and Arizona or being uh, with the Knicks and the Lakers? I think the answer to that is, is pretty obvious. So before we get rid of this, I think people need to recognize the business ramifications. Now, I personally would be fine with getting rid of, of any age restrictions. You know, if the Boston Celtics want to draft a 13-year-old kid and pay him millions of dollars, hey, I got my own kids to raise. I mean, that's totally fine with me. I'm for open opportunity, open markets, freedom of movement, uh, all that good stuff. But people need to remember this is an NBA rule. This has nothing to do with the NCAA. This was brokered between the NBA and the NBA Players Association because the owners want players to be older when they come into their league because that means over the course of their career they'll have to pay them less money. So shockingly enough, this actually comes down to money. Matt Murphy and Chris Calamari talking with Seth Davis of CBS Sports and The Athletic. And obviously that's been kind of a black cloud over the NCAA this year, but there is a tournament coming up, and it's the big NCAA tournament. So let's talk quickly in the final few minutes here about some of the teams. And I know you're probably getting a lot of bubble questions when you're making these rounds about your book and all that, but I want to start with Notre Dame because obviously they're coming off a loss to Duke, but the Bonzi Colson situation is interesting. How much of an emphasis do you think should be placed on getting a star player back from an injury like Colson and Notre Dame? Well, it's a classic case of a legitimate personnel issue that factors in and should factor in to what the committee has to decide. You have to judge Notre Dame for who they are now, but you also have to take into account who they've been over the course of the season. You can't just dismiss all of these losses just because they didn't have Bonzi Colson as if those games didn't happen. And by the way, you know everyone talked about the losses that Notre Dame sustained when they did not have Colson, but they also sustained some losses when they did have him, including at home to Ball State uh, and on a neutral court to an Indiana team that's not even going to be in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. So I don't know, frankly, that Notre Dame has enough quality wins with or without Bonzi Colson. They did beat Wichita State in Hawaii. That was really their best one. Um, and I don't know that you can say that they would have necessarily won all these games if they, if they had him. So it's a tough call. Without Colson, it's actually not a tough call. With him, I think you have to take into account not only that he's back, but how well he's played since he's come back, which is amazing to me when you talk about the time that he missed with a foot injury. But I think at the end of the day, my sense is Notre Dame has not done enough, and therefore they will not be in the tournament. Looking at another bubble team, Oklahoma has played a tough schedule this year and started out strong but fell off near the end. They're 8-10 and 10 in the conference, 18-13 overall. Do you think they should still make the NCAA tournament? Well, again, let's take away what Seth Davis thinks should happen, and let's talk about how the committee works. You know, it used to be that one of the criteria on a team sheet is was the last ten, the record over the last ten games or the record. Then they moved it to the record over the last twelve games. Then they got rid of it altogether. So a game played on November the thirteenth has as much value, win or lose, as a game played on March the eighth. So yes, Oklahoma. Um, lost a lot of games coming down the stretch. They also play in what every metric determines to be the best conference in the country. So even though they're losing all these games, they're not sustaining any, quote, bad losses. Uh, they lose to Oklahoma State in their first game in the Big 12 tournament. Oklahoma State beat Kansas twice. So I'm not sure that even qualifies as a bad loss anymore. And they do have uh, their share of uh, quality wins that took place earlier in the season. And so if you 
you know, we try to evaluate these teams in the abstract. You just look at Oklahoma's resume and you say, boy, I'm looking at this team and I don't think they should be in the NCAA tournament. That's actually not how it works. You have to compare Oklahoma to Notre Dame. I mean, Oklahoma has significantly more quality wins, quadrant one wins as they're now called, uh, than Notre Dame. Compare Oklahoma to Middle Tennessee. Uh, people want Middle Tennessee in the field. I would love them to be in the tournament. I actually think they're going to be in, but um, you compare Oklahoma to Middle Tennessee, it's not close. Oklahoma has way more quality wins. Now you can say, well, that's not fair because you know they're, they're not in, in the same conference and uh, Middle Tennessee doesn't have the opportunity to get those quality wins. But by the same token, you could flip that and say, well, it's not fair that Oklahoma's Oklahoma has to play all these great teams. Would Middle Tennessee have this great record if they were in the Big 12 as opposed to Conference USA? So at the end of the day, all the committee can do is look at teams based on what's happened. Who did you play? Where did you play? And what was the result of those games? And then compare and contrast teams. And once you start lining these teams up, I actually think Oklahoma's pretty comfortably in the tournament. All right, so we hit on the ACC with Notre Dame. We talked a little bit Big 12. Let's wrap quickly with the Big 10 because they had their conference tournament a week early this year right here in New York where we're at. How will the longer layoff affect teams like Michigan and, and further down, maybe like an Ohio State or a Purdue, having to wait 10, 11 days to get going again? Well, I'll tell you what. Let's, let's call me in two weeks and I'll give you the answer to that question. I guarantee I'll be correct. Uh, because whatever happens, everyone's going to attribute it to the two-week layoff. So if if they do well, people are going to say, oh, it's a good thing they got their rest. And if they go out early, it's going to say, well, see, I told you, the layoff got to them. Um, What I can tell you as someone who talks to a lot of coaches for a living um, is that coaches don't like when their routine is interrupted. So you've had four and a half months of having games every two or three days. Um, And now you go into a situation that's just – Forget about being better or worse. It's just completely different than anything that you've dealt with uh, over the course of the season. So that becomes uh, a big-time challenge. And I do think there's a lot to be said for the sharpness of having competition. Um, you know, that those teams that play in the first four have a very good record in the, in the round of 64 games, and a lot of people would tell you that it's because they just had a game a couple of days ago. They got the jitters out of the way. They're competitively sharp. You know, that muscle memory comes into view comes into play, and so, therefore, it's a benefit. So my instincts tell me that it's much better not to have this layoff, but, um, you know, I think we need to be be a little bit careful about, you know, connecting those dots between uh, correlation and causation. Fair enough. Seth, thanks so much for giving us some time. Best of luck with the book, Getting to Us, How Great Coaches Make Great Teams, and enjoy the NCAA tournament. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. Talking a little bracketology, we're no Joe Lenardi, but we – have talked to him twice this college basketball season, and this is his busy weekend. Selection Sunday tomorrow. Who's going to be in? Who's not going to be in? And Seth Davis, in the interview we just heard not too long ago, talking about Notre Dame. That's a big name. Talking about Oklahoma, another team that's right there because of Trey Young. A lot of people want to know what's going to happen with them, if they're going to be in, what seed they're going to be. So there's plenty of teams on the bubble, and I think Notre Dame is a good place to start because they, with Bonzi Colson back, are a much different team. I don't know if they'll get the benefit of the doubt, and Seth Davis didn't seem to think so. He said that their overall resume, they do have some losses with Colson in the lineup that, that make their resume look a little bit weaker, including one to Ball State earlier this year. Yeah, I think that Oklahoma versus Notre Dame is kind of an interesting comparison because both teams are fairly 
big programs, you know, in major conferences, but both have a lot of losses too. Oklahoma uh, is 18 and 13, and then Notre Dame, obviously, their record was a little bit affected by not having Bonzi Colson, but they have, I believe, it's 14 losses too. So, the difference, though, I'll talk a lot of quadrant one wins. Oklahoma has six quadrant one wins. Notre Dame only has two. So that's why I would give it to Oklahoma over Notre Dame. But it, it's, and not that it's just those two vying, but I think Notre Dame's, what they have going for them is that the committee will sometimes factor in injuries and they'll say, okay, well, the team, the, the Fighting Irish team that has Bonzi Colson is a lot better than the Fighting Irish team that doesn't. And you factor in Matt Farrell and some of their other guys, they are a much better team now than they were in their poor stretch. But you did bring up a good point that they did also lose to Ball State. So it's tough. I think probably, I think they're going to get in, actually. I. I think that it's going to be like a controversy thing, and, and Notre Dame is twenty and fourteen. I have the exact number. They're of both losses. eight and ten in their in their respective conferences, correct? Right, and both strong conferences. I mean, Notre Dame had a seven game losing streak at some point earlier this season, which hurts. But you know what? They did win four of their final six games, but their only quality win of those four wins was Virginia Tech, Wake Forest. Really, not a great win to beat Florida State on uh, February tenth. So. It's going to be I the reason I think they're going to get in is because of the whole Bonzi Colson factor and because they are just a big program and sometimes yeah. that factors in but I don't think they should be in. Well there's a lot of big name programs that are on the bubble. Right. I mean teams that we've seen on the bubble a lot. I don't think Syracuse has nearly enough to be like one of the high so level bubble teams. I would put Notre Dame their, in over Syracuse. Yeah, just throw their name out there. They seem to be a bubble team the last couple of years. Louisville they're is a perennial. On, they're just always on the bubble. Syracuse yeah. lives on the bubble. Louisville is right there on the bubble this year and some other big names. I mean, you've got Oklahoma State as well with Oklahoma. They beat Kansas twice this year, fell short against Kansas in the conference tournament. I think Oklahoma has a better chance than Oklahoma State of getting in uh, if you're talking Big 12 teams. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Oklahoma State, like I said, has two wins over Kansas. But Oklahoma, I know they, they have had a tough stretch, but you know, they still have a solid body of work. Like I said, the six quadrant one wins. They had a big win over Wichita State in December. And Notre Dame has a win over Wichita State as well, but that was in the Maui Invitation. Right, and Oklahoma's win was like way more impressive, I think, than um, than the Notre Dame win. And so I know that they had a rough February, but the whole season counts. I mean, the whole season counts. And Oklahoma was a top five team at one point, and I think the Trey Young factor matters. People want to see Trey Young in the tournament. Uh, Joe Lenardi disagreed with you. I know he does. People but are going to watch the games regardless. They are, but I think that it plays a role. I think that in the in the room, in the war room, or whatever, when they're putting the teams in, it's easier to put in a team that has Trey Young over a team like Oklahoma State or somebody that doesn't. I get that thinking, but a lot of it is is the math, and a lot of it is the ratings are going to be there anyway. So that's the other side of that. And Marquette, Penn State, Nebraska, Arizona State, all some other teams that jumped out to me when you're talking bubble this year for the NCAA tournament. Arizona State's particularly interesting before before we move forward to to some mid-major schools that are on the bubble because Arizona State in the Pac-12, they were a top-five team in the country at one point this year. They had a great start to the season, fell off drastically, and now trying to to get in, and it's going to be interesting to see if they can get in there. Yeah, I think that Arizona State is a team that should be in, and they were the number one team in the country at one point. And I really like their their backcourt of Shannon Evans and Trey Holder, well coached by a Hurley, someone in the Hurley family. The loss Bobby. to yeah Bobby yeah yeah they lost to somebody. I, I just meant like. Somebody okay. in the Hurley. I thought family. you were asking me. No, no, no. no. I meant like know. somebody from the Hurley basketball family. Um, lost my train of thought now. Man. Well, speaking of that, Dan Hurley's Rhode Island club is 
winning 87-84 against St. Joe's, and my laptop shows nine seconds left in that game. Not sure if we can get it up on the they TV were, They time. were down by like 15 at one point to St. Joe's, and Danny Hurley, this is a quick topic change, but Kevin Ollie fired from UConn. I saw a rumor on Twitter, you think he could be going to UConn, Danny Hurley. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that's definitely a spot. I mean, UConn's going to be a, it's got to be a somewhat it's a premier spot. Job. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think it's definitely maybe they'll a bring Jim spot. Calhoun back out of retirement. A, yeah, somebody said. Oh, he's that not retired right now. He just got a job prior to this season. I think he's coaching Division Two or Division Three, something like that. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with the UConn job with Kevin Ollie out and see the ramifications of that. But with Arizona State, they've lost five of their last six for Bobby Hurley. They do have some good wins. They have a neutral floor win over Xavier, which is, is a big one on their resume. But they've struggled down the stretch mid-major wise there's some interesting teams on the bubble st bonaventure with a win over davidson would really solidify themselves but they might have already done enough i already. think they should be i think already. they've already yeah i think st bonaventure's already done enough they had that triple overtime game against davidson which might have been the best college basketball game of the season yeah. when they they pulled out that win they lose that then they're really in trouble but right. they, they won that game and they they beat rhode island this year they've beaten rhode island i should say so I think Bonaventure is okay. I think Nevada is another team that is okay, and they've already lost in their conference tournament in the Mountain West. I think Nevada is okay because they, despite an injury to one of their guards, uh, I keep saying Larry Drew, but I think it's his, it's his son, Lindsey Drew. Uh, they lost to San Diego State last night big time. Like They got killed by San Diego State. So now San Nevada, Diego State always seems to show up in March. Yeah, but now Nevada is going to take a bid away because they've had such a, a strong season overall. They're going to take a bubble spot away. You from think the, I team. mean, they're kind of a, in the same situation as, as Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, that's why I want to go there next. Middle Tennessee I, State did not win their conference tournament, had a huge win streak this year, 11 games at one point, and they're one of the, the top mid-major teams. When you're looking at the eye test, Middle Tennessee State should be in the NCAA tournament. I agree. And I said this earlier, these conferences, smaller conferences, really hurt themselves by not sending their best teams to the tournament, uh, to the NCAA tournament when you have something like this, when you have a team like Southern Miss upset Middle Tennessee. But you know what? Middle Tennessee, I really hope, gets in. Because they're a team that has done everything they've been asked to do. Like, everything that you tell a, mid- a mid-major team to do, Middle Tennessee has done. They did. They had a tough schedule. They had the 13th toughest non-conference schedule in the entire country. They didn't win a ton of those games. They did beat Murray State and Vanderbilt. Old Dominion are, are their best wins of the season. Western Kentucky, those last two in conference play, lost to USC, Miami, Auburn. But those were, for the most part, close games. They tested themselves in non-conference. They had a great showing in the their regular season of conference season 11 straight wins like you said they've got you know a star player Nick King averages over 21 points per game Giddy Potts is a name that a lot of people know just because it's so unique they've won a tournament game each no of more the last, Reggie Upshaw though yeah they've won a tournament game each of the last two seasons so they're a mid-major team that's proven they can win in the tournament they've proven that they can hang with tough teams this year and they've proven that they are the best team in their conference they have to be in and one team that you said you said Middle Tennessee State challenged themselves. St. Mary's really did not challenge themselves right. in the non-conference, and they're going to be sweating it out tomorrow. 28-5, and 16-2 in the West Coast Conference. Their strength of schedule, 232. So, I mean, I know they have a big win at Gonzaga, but I don't know if St. Mary's gets in there. I think Lenardi has them in still. I'll check the back. Yeah, he has them in his last four, okay. last four in. They're, so they're going to be sweating. Playoff, you, think they sh- you think they should be in? Mm, yeah, probably. I think that you know they they took Georgia to overtime, 
beat New Mexico State, which is a solid thing, ha- beat BYU, have the win over Gonzaga. I think they should probably be in. And Jock Landau's a really good player. Emmett Nahr. And Landau's the third best player in the country per Ken Palm. I know it doesn't totally factor into bracketology, but you have a star player like that. I think they have a better case than... Like, Baylor, I don't think, should be in at all. I think the Baylor's a bubble team's like crazy. I, I don't think Baylor impressed me at all this season. I don't think they should be in. If I'm looking right now, the last... So right now, Lunari has his last four in as St. Mary's, Texas, Oklahoma, and Arizona State. I would probably take out... Texas from that and put in I'd like to see Middle Tennessee in and I'd like to see a way for maybe Louisville to get in. How about how about this? How about we do have NBA talk coming up right now. How about we save a little college basketball talk for just a little bit in the next segment so we can talk about teams we like and, and don't like in the NCAA tournament. We've talked enough about who might be there right. who might not be there. Right, and let's let's like graze at what the bracket might look like tomorrow. We are very close, so I think the mock brackets at least ESPN, Joe Lenardi, the bracketology is somewhat similar to what we might see. I know he hasn't updated it for a team like Vermont losing today, but who are some teams that, that you like for deep runs and, and some teams that you think could go out early? I know we're on the same page as there's certain teams we, we don't like early, including some of those Big Ten teams that played last week and now right. have some time off, like in Ohio State. I think we're down. If they get a bad matchup right now, uh, Lenardi has a good them. pick for a first-round upset. Yeah, Lenardi has them playing New Mexico State, who's a very good Ooh. mid-major in a 5-12 game. That's a classic upset pick there. And then some other teams, I know in the ACC, another team we like as a pick to be upset is Clemson. I know Clemson gave Virginia a little bit of a push in the ACC tournament semi. Never really thought like they were going to win it. And with the injury to one of their big guy, their big players and kind of struggled down the stretch like an Arizona State. I think at one point Clemson lost four of their last six before the ACC tournament when they picked up a victory. So they're struggling in. I think Ohio State and Clemson, two teams that you should be wary of in your bracket in the first round. I agree. And there's usually a couple of those teams seated three to six that's ripe for an upset. I think TCU could be a team I pick against. They're facing Loyola-Chicago in 11-6 matchup. That could be an upset pick, a popular one that a lot of people take. Um, and then as far as the top teams go, like it never works out so that I could get the final four that I want. And obviously, a- anything can happen. But ideally, I would like the bracket to shake out so that my final four could be, and all four of these teams would be in separate regions in no particular order, Virginia, Kansas, Villanova, and Duke. I think those are the four best teams in the country. And I know it's been a wild year of college basketball, and it's unlikely for all of them to get there. But those are the four teams wow. I feel the most confident in. No, zero love. It's like because Michigan played the Big Ten tournament so long ago, you just forget about Michigan altogether. I, mean, I know they're a three seed, but I think, I, I mean, you got to have them somewhere close to that conversation. I think in, and Kansas, Michigan State is in the, the conversation, What's the line too. between Kansas and Michigan? I think most people would feel more confident in Michigan at this point than Kansas. Well, You're the biggest know. Kansas guy out here for some reason. I I, I am, but Kansas, I got an extra gym class in sixth grade because of Mariel Trauma shot. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's not the first time I've heard that story <laughs> for some reason on one on one. I think, but um, no, I I like Kansas a lot. I think Devontae Graham. So what's the difference between? I don't think Michigan has a player like Devontae Graham. A guard, you, you're the classic. Yeah, I love senior guards. Fans, senior, senior guards, you need senior guards in the tournament. Well, what's Abdur, Abdur, Vic, Malik uh, Muhammad Ali Abdur Rahman? Muhammad Ali or Abdur? Abdur. Uh, it's got a crazy. Yeah, did you nail that pronunciation? I think so. Yeah. Um, he's no, he's no Devontae Graham. I mean, Devontae Graham was the Big Twelve Player of the Year. No, I'm not comparing him to Devontae Graham. I'm just saying they have veterans. No, they're good. Look, players. I like Michigan a lot. And, and John Wagner Wagner's is, a big man. John Beeline. You struggle with that name. It's spelled well, John, Wagner. John and it's Wagner is one of the best coaches in the entire country. 
And um, Xavier Simpson had a really good uh, tournament game, tournament game against uh, Purdue to to win the game. So there's promise there. I like Michigan a lot, um, but I just like I said, those are my four best teams in the country. I know. I just looked at the top three seed lines real quick, and I saw Michigan as, and I feel like people might forget about them playing so well in the Big Ten tournament. I believe we have a caller on the line, someone we've heard from today, but wants to change up the topic. Kevin from Staten Island wants to talk basketball. Yeah, hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Um, I, I can't say that I've followed the whole season of basketball, but I did briefly see Purdue play and play well, and they had a very big man. They Haas. had a Isaac good guard. And they had a good shooter. Now, Carson Edwards. You know, I know the days of the big man are sort of lost, but this was a big guy. He handled the ball well, low. He is, I, I, I think he's 7 1 or 7 2. 7 2, Isaac Haas. But, but they also played the throw it to him. If there's two guys on him, he throws it to the corner, and the guy was nailing him from the corner. So they. A nice little offensive experience, uh, and I don't know where they will be listed. I think but, they'll be a two. Uh, they they look like on a good day if they don't implode. Um, that could be problematic for some people, um, and I do think that Duke. I think Grayson. I think he's got the opportunity to implode. Um, that's the problem with him is that I don't think that he can sustain it as good as he may be. I think he gets, starts to get overwhelmed in the experience, and that does not bode well for them in a tight in, in, in something tight. I do see him sort of self-destructing, which is probably their, my only drawback of, of picking them to be in in the big in the final four or winning it. Good. Okay, and I'll let you. Yeah, guys yeah, from great that. call. Good teams to bring up Purdue and Duke. Thanks again, Kevin, for joining us again on one-on-one New York's longest-running sports call-in show. Tom, we saw Purdue in person this year. It comes down to whether you, you want guards in the tournament or you want a big man. They have Harms off the I mean, bench, they have both. who's also a seven-footer. They do have a lot of big-name players, guys you know, guys that have been around, but they struggled towards the end of the regular season, got to the championship game of their conference tournament, which seems like a year ago at this point, and lost to Michigan, who we were just talking about before that call with Kevin. But a good call because he brings up Purdue. I just think... Maybe Haas's impact on the game is not always as big as it should be, and Carson Edwards needs to be hitting shots for them to go. So they could be a team. Carson Edwards, like we agree on, could be one of the March heroes that we see yeah. coming up in this tournament. With Duke, though, where he went with it was Grayson Allen could implode, say, and Grace you're the Allen, opposite of that. You're thinking Grayson Allen is a senior leader that could lead them all the way. Yeah, Grayson Allen imploding. I mean, he won them the national championship in, in 2015. He had an unbelievable game against Wisconsin. That was Grayson Allen's coming out part. It's when you got all the... Grayson Allen, Ted Cruz memes on Twitter and everything. That was like his introduction. <laughs> did you, see, you didn't see it last night, did you? Towards the end of the Duke-UNC game, the hip check from Grayson Allen. No, what happened? He he stuck his butt out in transition. I forget which guy on UNC. I think it was Brooks. Um, running down the court in transition, Grayson Allen stuck his butt into him, called for a flagrant one. I'm in on Grayson Allen. He's so hateable. He's such a villain that I like him. Uh, and I, I think he brings his A game. Like He's a guy that shows up when it matters most. I, the implosion stuff, yeah, I get he could be a little immature at times, but he's also an awesome basketball player. But back to Purdue, I like Purdue a lot. You brought up Carson Edwards, shoots over 40% from three, and like you said, they have a lot of names that you know. Carson Edwards, Vincent Edwards, no relation, Isaac Haas, Dakota Mathias, P.J. Thompson. That's five Name really the whole good roster, guys. Why don't you? And, well, I'm saying that's five really solid guys. I think a lot of people know, even maybe college 
uh, casual college basketball fans may recognize the names and a couple seven-hooters seven footers with harms too so purdue with the right draw they could be a final four team well i think we do need to show the nba some love yeah but let's do one minute on sleeper teams because i think we should this is not a sleeper team that could that's likely to win a game but for consistency's sake we should bring up a local team like iona getting back to the ncaa tournament i know you're a big fan of their head coach tim clues tim clues floral park guy same hometown went to high school with his sons uh was my baseball coach so uh, i i like iona a lot I don't think they're going to win a tournament game. I think they're going to be a 14-16. to 16. And I remember the heartbreaking loss against BYU in the playing game a few years ago. They yeah. were up a ton, and then they stormed back. And LIU Brooklyn, too, another local team that gets in. Sleeper, Derek Kellogg in his first year there. Sleeper teams, when I think sleeper teams, I'm thinking more like, like – uh, Major conference teams that didn't have the best seasons, but like could make the a teams run, that are going to be in Dayton for an eleven eleven game that make yeah, or even like, like Arkansas is a team. I'm going to keep talk, talking up Arkansas. Barford, Macon, and Gafford is a legit big three. Beard off the bench, uh, not sorry, not Beard off the bench. Beard two, averaging nine and a half points per game. They're really a good team. I think with the right draw, I am going to the Elite Eight in some bracket. And then are we out on our other on our others? Virginia Tech. Yeah, are we out on Virginia no, Tech? No, I know they they had that loss in the first round of the ACC, but I, I still think. They're they're a solid pick. Yeah, I don't like I don't like Virginia Tech if they draw an eight nine matchup. I, I will like stay nines. away from the eight yeah. nine game. If I see Alabama and Virginia Tech or Arkansas in the eight nine matchups, which <laughs> they're all on that line right now, I'm gonna be rattled when I go to make my picks. I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free.